0: only child. Over the roar of the engine, she shouted, Do you think we're going to die? We're not going to die. I think we're going to die. I think he's going to find a way out. The thirty-year-old six-seater beach bonanza owned and operated by Half-Ass Island Airways of Freeport, bounces around in the sky like a beach ball on a stormy sea. I told you we should have taken the damn mailboat. Oh, I know that, Sweets. You've mentioned it more than once. They wanted to get from Exuma to Bemini. A pleasant four-hour mailboat ride through calm, turquoise-blue Caribbean waters. Or a quick 20-minute island jumper. He pushed for the island jumper. We'll be at Big Mike's in time for lunch. Big Mike's, where the fish tacos were insanely delish and the salty margaritas to kill for. He knew if he got a couple of those big margaritas into his wife, she'd be an absolute tiger once they checked into their room at Bemini's Big Game Club where they had a membership and first dibs on the waterfront suites. Not that the big game club, or anywhere else they've stayed or eaten on this trip, was crowded. They could have any room and any table they desired. Seven months into the COVID-19 scare, just about nobody was traveling. The Smites had spent a couple months holed up in their Central Park West duplex, and when that grew claustrophobic, they'd skedaddled in their Range Rover out to their digs in the Hamptons, where they'd remained until departing for this little island-hopping getaway just a few days ago. Like so many... The Smites were scared to death of the virus, but they also possessed an almost fanatical need to travel. Sitting still made them nervous, drove them to states of extreme anxiety and depression. And so when their son, a chemist who worked up at MIT, told them a vaccine was still months away, they decided to go for broke and fly to Eleuthera, then Eleuthera to Exuma, and now Exuma to Bemini. Although, right now, Bemini and Big Mikes looks like a stretch. That antique beach bonanza, well, it's in a heap of trouble. Early this morning, a powerful tempest had developed in the Atlantic a hundred miles southeast of Exuma. Very warm water, super humid late summer air, and a hot, stiff breeze blowing across the ocean from Africa had all mixed together to form a massive, fast-moving electrical storm. Nature, in other words, was on the move and feeling volatile. At the small international airport on Exuma, the young pilot assured the middle-aged American couple that the storm was still well to the southeast, and that if they boarded and buckled up ASAP, they'd be safe and sound on Bemini-Lickety-Split. Too bad Bored and Buckled turned into almost 20 minutes on the tarmac, fussing first with refueling, and then with flap and rudder problems. The beach, as any idiot might suspect, had a plethora of mechanical problems. So by the time they taxied, the wind had shifted, and the Bonanza had to take off to the southeast instead of to the northwest, which meant the thunderstorm was just about smacking their faces as they lifted off the runway. But the pilot, a cocky Bahamian kid who'd only recently started to shave and who had been a star striker on the national soccer team— banked that bonanza hard left and quickly got their journey pointed in the right direction. All good, he shouted back to his two white-knuckled passengers. Don't sweat it, we'll outrun her. Good Christ, said Mrs. Smite. It'll be okay, sweets, said Mr. Smite. That was 10 minutes ago, and now they're somewhere west of Andros, where the pilot had considered landing, but air traffic control told him the winds were way too intense. Best to head due west toward the Florida Keys to escape the path and the wrath of the storm. But right now, there's no escape in sight. The creaky old bonanza is at the mercy of 50-mile-an-hour winds and 70-mile-an-hour gusts. Rain splatters the windows and lightning bolts tear through the black sky at the edges of the wings. It's almost high noon, but so dark out there it could easily be the middle of the night. Oh, we're definitely going to die, shouts Mrs. Smite. Mr. Smite is not 100% confident they won't. But he bucks up, squeezes his wife's hand, and assures her all will be well. Just a little bump in the road. Well, the sky. They married in their late 20s soulmates, selfish, self absorbed, very late boomers, desirous of living an affluent, decadent lifestyle filled with well-paying jobs, a luxurious midtown apartment, a stable of fancy cars, dinners out at only the finest restaurants, and, of course, lots of travel to only the most expensive and exotic locales. Dual six-figure incomes and copious amounts of cash made all their dreams come true. The Smites did not want children. Both from divorced, disaffected parents, they generally viewed children as painful, demanding, and expensive. In addition, children destroyed your independence and any possible hope of day-to-day autonomy. The Smites had a very aggressive and colorful sex life, but they took great pains to avoid pregnancy. Alas, when she was 32 and he 34, a pregnancy nevertheless occurred. At first they were like, no problem, we'll get an abortion, shed a few tears, and move on. Nothing to it. Well, almost nothing. As the date of the procedure grew closer, a strong maternal instinct began to overwhelm Mrs. Smite. She simply could not go through with it. She feared the abortion would destroy her carefully constructed emotional and mental well-being. And so, a young Smite arrived in the world. They named him David Allen, after his grandfathers. They loved him, but not much. Enough, they believed. But mostly David Allen Smite was left in the hands of others. Grandparents, nannies, au pairs, babysitters... Next-door neighbors and, of course, teachers. David went to Dalton through eighth grade, then up to Shote in Wallingford for high school before enrolling at MIT. In Cambridge, he majored in chemistry, earned both a bachelor's and a master's degree, and went on to work for the university on mRNA research. Mom and Dad. They took very little interest in any of this. They found their son's intellectual pursuits utter dolesville. And, of course, they were busy with banking and finance, buying fine artwork and eating at 11 Madison, helicoptering out to the Hamptons and jetting off to Crete, Fiji, and the Forest of Knives. While Mom and Dad scratched the surface of their shallow lives, David, whom they had nearly aborted, immersed himself in the extraordinary world of messenger RNA. He slowly and deliberately began to understand how ribonucleic acid might be used to produce powerful vaccines without replicating the virus. With properly coded messenger RNA, Young Smite reasoned it might be possible to teach the cells in the body how to create an immune response against an invading virus. And so when COVID-19 popped up in China in 2019, David Smite had Big Pharma pounding on his MIT office door in building two across from Hayden Library. And in the months ahead, David worked 16 and 18 hours a day and ultimately played a prominent role in the development of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine that saved the lives of millions and slowly began to strangle the original virus and its subsequent variants. Now, virtually no one knows David Smite's name, but an unsung hero, the brilliant young chemist, most certainly is. An only child, David is also about to become a 29-year-old orphan. The cocky young Bahamian pilot struggles to control Half-Ass Island Airways' absurdly old beach bonanza. A tremendous blast of wind strikes the fuselage. The plane wobbles and gets tossed sideways. The pilot smashes the side of his head so hard against the cockpit window he is rendered unconscious. His hands fall from the yoke. His feet slip from the pedals. The plane begins to spin and tumble. The sensation of the airplane falling causes Mrs. Smite to scream. Mr. Smite screams even louder. This, they both believe, cannot possibly be happening. Not to them. Not to the Smites. They've lived such lovely, privileged lives. But... When Mr. Smite throws back the thin curtain separating the cabin from the cockpit, he knows in an instant they are entirely and completely fucked. The pilot has slumped to the floor. The beach bonanza is falling out of the sky. And before the Smites can even say goodbye, the airplane, moving at well over 140 miles an hour, slams into the Atlantic Ocean, 52 nautical miles southeast of Miami Beach, and disintegrates upon impact instantly killing all aboard Half-Ass Island Airways, Flight 13, no longer bound for Bimini. Sad and tragic, yes, but at least those smites gave the world David Allen smite.